Good morning. Welcome to the Ask a Professional radio show. I'm your host, Paige Heitman. I've got my co-host, Kayla uh, Marsala, here with me today. I almost called you by your, your previous last <laughs> I name. I noticed that. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> uh, apparently, I forgot you got married. <laughs> and then today, we've got one of my personal favorites, Marsha Raina Wayman, CFRE, Director of Philanthropy at Phelps Health Foundation. Welcome back, Marsha. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here, no, especially so Paige, on... Paige, Paige, it's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, yeah, sorry. We have Marsha, Marsha, Marsha with us. Today. <laughs> How dare I forget? <laughs> uh, so we're really glad that you could be here today, especially on one of your animals' uh, 18th birthday oh, or 16th. 16th. Which one? Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't believe you remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, really excited to have you here. So to kind of get us uh, kicked off, tell us a little bit about yourself, what what your role is, what brought you to the foundation. Sure. So I come from a background in the nonprofit industry. I've been in the industry for about 20 years, mm-hmm. and I do possess a CFRE, which just basically is a mm-hmm. certified fundraising executive credential. means we can trust you, right? It means <laughs> I, I can be set loose and uh-huh. trusted. Um, and I have been involved with the nonprofit um, sector for a long time. I've just really been drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we're really about kind of helping solve problems in mm-hmm. the community and really connecting donors with their passion and kind of being that segue to making those things happen. And I've been involved with the foundation, it will be almost six years in August is when wow, I'll celebrate congrats. my work anniversary. And I've been at the foundation the entire time and have just worked everything from annual fun to legacy giving to mm-hmm. special events and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you wear a lot of different hats, I which wear most people hats. in foundations do. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of the name of the game, right? Exactly. So today we're here to talk about um, advanced directives, and I know that there's a different phrase that we use for advanced directives as well. So let's just dive right in and talk sure. about maybe what those are. Sure. So I'm really here to talk about National Healthcare Decisions Day, which is officially recognized April 16th, but mm-hmm. we kind of recognize it all month. Yeah. Long, and really, as a healthcare philanthropist, we like to get involved because we really need to be a voice at that table. Not only mm-hmm. are we representatives of healthcare as an industry, but also the philanthropic piece of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, National Healthcare Decisions Day is just an opportunity to kind of educate and get the community involved, letting them know that there's options and resources and that we can kind of help facilitate those conversations both from the healthcare perspective, Mm -hmm. but also because legacy giving is part of estate planning and, and we're part of that. Um, So, Marsha, what types of decisions can someone make in an advanced directive? So, that's a great question, and I know our listeners can't see what we're going to be referencing, (laughs) but it is a nationally recognized program called Five Wishes, and it really is directed towards healthcare and healthcare philanthropy specifically, and this is a document that really allows... um, us to have that conversation in very simplistic terms. So Mm -hmm. what it is not is an advanced medical directive. And I know Mm -hmm. sometimes those words get confused. We we definitely don't want to confuse anybody. This is more of those healthcare decisions, which also includes a piece about legacy giving. Mm -hmm. And so Five Wishes is a program and it really circles around the five wishes of the person that I want to make care decisions for me when I can't, the kind of medical treatment I want or don't want, How comfortable do I want to be? How do I want people to treat me? And what do I want my loved ones to know? And so this is kind of the format that we use Mm -hmm. to start having those conversations and 
um, some of the feedback that we've gotten from those in the medical profession, especially, they, they like this. It's very simplistic language. Mm -hmm. so. so the fifth one that you kind of mentioned, I want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about it. What I want my loved one to know, mm -hmm. what does that kind of include and how do we define that? That's a great question. And, you know, in the brochure, it actually outlines a lot of those in great detail. But, you know, a very basic one is, you know, I want my family to know that I love them. Mm. You know, I want them to know that whatever misgivings we've had, those are in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, I want it to be a peaceful, you know, process that, you know, we're honoring a life well lived. Mm -hmm. um, and within that is really part of legacy giving is, you know, if there is a passion I have, whether it's healthcare or animals or solving homelessness, mm -hmm. you know, there's an opportunity for me to really make it that identified and shared with my loved ones so that they know what I do want to do when yeah. I do pass. So now that we kind of know what an advanced directive is, why should someone establish them? That is a great question, and we actually get asked that a lot um, from a healthcare perspective and mm -hmm. healthcare philanthropy perspective. What I always like to say, and, and it's true, if you don't make the decision and make it known, unfortunately, the decision will be made for you. Mm -hmm. um, and along the line of that is, you know, we often are the recipient of very wonderful legacy gifts that we didn't even know were coming. And so we never really had the opportunity to have that conversation with that donor or, you know, really understand what they want that gift to really mm -hmm. mean after they pass. So again, you know, recognizing this day gives us the opportunity to start normalizing those conversations. Let's have those conversations now yeah. where we can think about these things and be empowered by those decisions mm -hmm. and who we're sharing them with. Yes, yeah. versus something happening and you winding up in a hospital Absolutely. and then trying to make those decisions. Absolutely. You know, in a, in a very emotional type of situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's great. So what are some of the different types of advanced directives? I know you've already mentioned five wishes a little bit, but let's just dive in maybe a little bit deeper. So again, you know, when we talk from the healthcare philanthropy perspective, mm -hmm. we're looking at kind of a, a more simplistic um, you know obviously when we truly talk about advanced directives we're talking about advanced medical directives mm -hmm. and so one of the things to kind of keep in mind and keep a perspective about is you know obviously if somebody is at the end of their life mm -hmm. and they're making those decisions that's going to be made by their their medical team their, mm -hmm. their care team so you know the the five wishes is really those conversations you can start having anytime mm -hmm. you know so um, it is a legal document. So in the state of Missouri, this document, if it's completed and notarized, Missouri mm -hmm. is one of the states that requires yeah. to be notarized, um, you can then take this document, share it with your family, include it in your estate planning, mm -hmm. even share it with your healthcare providers And now. they can put it in your medical records. They can put it in your medical yeah. records. And I use this as a great example because um, one of my physicians recently left. I have a new physician, mm -hmm. and it was a trigger for me that when I have that follow-up, meeting later this fall, I'm going to make sure yeah. I've updated this and that I've shared that with them so that yeah. they know it's it's something that's there. Um, you know, and at a very basic level, mm -hmm. identifying who that person is that mm -hmm. you want to yeah. speak on your behalf if you're suddenly not able to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to um, digress from what we're talking about mm -hmm. a little bit because you've mentioned healthcare foundations a couple of different times. Right. And I think healthcare foundations are really unique, but let's kind of define the reason and the need to have healthcare foundations. Oh, absolutely. So we really provide a support to our supporting organization, which would be Health 
Phelps Health. Yep. And really what we are, Paige, we're an extension of the hospital. That sole function is mm -hmm. to raise tax-exempt funds that support the Phelps Health mission. Mm -hmm. And the benefit to that really is, you know, if we're fundraising and we're raising revenue in a tax-exempt format, then we're able to pass it along without it being taxed. Mm -hmm. um, simply, you know, if we raise a million dollars, if we were an entity, a taxable yeah. entity, that may only translate into, you know, 400000 or 600000 mm -hmm. So the benefit really is using that, that tax exemption to to raise the revenue, but also to be a connection in the community for those that have a passion for healthcare. They want to see mm -hmm. these programs, these projects, these expansions continue in the future, and you know we're able to be that liaison. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as you said that, as you guys are a perfect liaison between the hospital's needs, initiatives, and the community. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I always like to say it's never about us as fundraisers. Mm -hmm. We are simply the liaison. So. You know, what a, a donor or a community member wants mm -hmm. to, to connect with the hospital mission, we're really that conduit. That's our sole purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So um, can a person's friend or family just decide for a person if they don't have an advanced directive? So that's a great question, and that does unfortunately come up a lot. If there isn't some kind of directive made in advance, it's kind of like what I said before. If you don't make the decision and make it known, then in an emergency, somebody mm -hmm. else is going to be speaking on your behalf. So... Um, you know, one of the empowering things is if you have, you know, a family member, a lot of times it's a spouse, maybe it's an adult child, maybe it's a family member or a close friend, you know, you can start having these conversations now and say, you know, in the event something were to happen, mm -hmm. I want you to be my voice. You know me the best. Yeah. You know, you can answer those questions and, and know that's really truly what I want. Yeah, definitely. Um, what does someone need to consider before making an advanced directive? That's also a great question. So everybody's situation is different, you know, and um, it's it's never easy to just say you need to do X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. because everybody's situation is different. Mm -hmm. We were just talking before this segment about pets. <laughs> you know, in addition to your family and your loved ones and assets, pets are a part of that planning as mm -hmm. well, yeah. you know. So, um I think it's good to maybe look at a resource like Five Wishes, kind of get an idea of what applies to your particular situation, and kind of base your plan on that. Well, and it's not age-dependent, right? So no. anybody can do it. Yeah. Everybody as, should do it. Right. As long as you're a legal adult, um, mm -hmm. you are able to make those decisions. So. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody decides today, like Kayla and I take these documents, we fill mm -hmm. it out. Can we cancel it? Can we change it? How often can we update that? Absolutely. And that is the beauty behind having this National mm -hmm. um, Healthcare Decisions Day. It's a great reminder to say, hey, if you have a document, maybe you need to check it and update it. Just like I discussed mm -hmm. earlier, I changed physicians. Yeah. I, I didn't mm -hmm. think about that until you know, we were getting ready for mm -hmm. this segment. And I thought, I need to update that. I need to share that with that new healthcare provider. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what happens if somebody doesn't have an, adv an advanced directive in place? Can, like Kayla was saying earlier, can they um, grab somebody and that's a family member or a friend, whoever it is, to speak on their behalf and fill out an advanced directive? Or what does that look like? So that kind of teeters into more of the legal aspect of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that estate planning and advanced medical directive. But absolutely, somebody can speak on behalf of someone. And if they are part of kind of that decision making mm -hmm. and they've been, you know, maybe designated as someone, then absolutely they become that person that can can speak for someone. If somebody is filling out an advanced directive, should they always have another person designated, almost like a co-signer in a way? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I always like to 
to kind of reiterate is our life situations can change from year to year. Mm -hmm. So just because you've done it once, again, revisit it every year because, you know, relationships change. Maybe an adult child now has mm -hmm. moved out of state and they're mm -hmm. not close by. So maybe you want to change that to a, a close friend or another family member. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it's just really important to look at your individual situation and, you know, think it through while you're able to do that and have those conversations. Um, it's also good to make sure that those individuals that you're thinking about mm -hmm. want to be the recipient of that decision. Yeah, don't put their name on it. And then <laughs> right, right. I so, put Marsha down and she doesn't show and, up. And then I show up and I say, wait, what? Um, so, you know, good points, mm -hmm. though. Very good points. So once you've decided that you want to have an advanced directive, who should you notify? So, um, again, if you kind of refer to something like five wishes, it kind mm -hmm. of walks through who you would share that with. So let's say you've started having those conversations and, you know, a person doesn't have to fill out the whole document at once. Maybe they are only kind of, you know, serious about a certain mm -hmm. part of it and they mm -hmm. want to think about some other things. Number one, share that information with the people who you want to share it with. Loved ones, healthcare providers. If you do have a, a will or an estate plan, mm -hmm. make sure that you've updated those documents as well. Mm -hmm. So the main thing is just having those conversations and sharing it with the appropriate people and then feeling confident and empowered by those decisions. Yeah. So once we're ready to start kind of having those, those conversations, maybe we've had some initial conversations with our friends, family, loved ones, what's kind of that process for initiating a healthcare advance directive? Who, who's our first point of contact? So um, again, it's gonna kind of depend on the particular situation. Mm -hmm. So once you have made those decisions, something as simple as five wishes can be notarized and it becomes a legal document. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we're talking about an advanced medical directive, that's a whole other topic. We, we kind of don't want to go in that direction. Yeah. But the main thing is just, you know, um, if you're going to start the process, make sure you follow through mm -hmm. and make sure you update it. Absolutely. Great advice. Um, how can advanced directives be beneficial for foundations like the Phelps Health Foundation? So that's great. And a lot of people ask, why are we even involved yep. in national health? We're not making medical decisions for people. We're just uh -huh. providing that outreach education piece of it. But estate planning really does involve both advanced directives as well mm -hmm. as legacy giving. So one of the things that we want to make sure that we are an open book about is if somebody is going through this process and they know, you know, Phelps Health Foundation is the nonprofit organization we want to include in our state planning. We can be part of that conversation now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a document, it's a very simple, and it is not a legally binding document, so I always like to put that out there so that people mm -hmm. can look at it, and if they've made the decision, you know, once my estate settles, I would like for mm -hmm. a portion of that to go to Phelps Health Foundation. They can just simply fill out this form and share that with us. And what that allows us to do is just to make sure that we understand what their wishes are. Yeah. You know, we don't know what we don't know, and. Um, I can speak on behalf of, you know, several donors that we've had in the past that have passed and we've been the, the benefactor of, of absolutely wonderful legacy gifts. They don't have any family left. Um, you know, there's no one to really share, mm -hmm. you know, that, that gift with them. And, and we had an incident not too long ago where the donor went by a different name than their legal name. And it was only by tracking down some of their former friends 
you know, that wow. said, oh gosh, they didn't go, they didn't like that name at all. They always went <laughs> by this name. They made their own name. So we wanted to make sure that we honored their name. And so yeah. that's even something in Five Wishes, you know, what mm -hmm. do I want to be called, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned legacy giving, maybe a different, a couple of different types of giving. Mm -hmm. So can we just like really quickly define that? What's the difference between somebody who just donates annually or maybe a couple of times a year at different events versus legacy giving? Sure. So we kind of classify giving in, in kind of two categories, mm -hmm. if you will. One is annual giving, which mm -hmm. is really that upfront cash or in-kind donation yeah. that's going to be used immediately. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about legacy giving and estate planning, we're really looking at future gifts. Mm -hmm. So gifts that are going to happen after the person has passed away. And typically, um, with the foundation in particular, we are looking to build what we're calling our endowment fund. Mm -hmm. And that really becomes... I jokingly call it the retirement fund of the foundation, <laughs> yeah. not of me, but of the foundation, uh -huh. which means that the next time we have a huge capital need or there's something happening in the community that requires, mm -hmm. you know, an instant gift that's significant and maybe yeah. more than what we raise at an annual basis, we are able to, to through board direction, you know, disperse that money for a, an mm -hmm. immediate need. So it, it, it really is, it, it's sustainable. It's yeah, sustainable absolutely. giving. So I, I always have lots of questions. You know this about me, Marcia. <laughs> so listening to you kind of talk about this made me think of another question. So let's say that I'm a donor and I give you um, an annual gift. Maybe I'm an annual giver to mm -hmm. you all. What type of oversight um, can I have to make sure that my funds are being used in the way that I wish that they were? That's a great question, mm -hmm. and we do get that asked that a lot. So there's a couple of things. One is, is as a nonprofit entity, mm -hmm. and I always say this, the only way you can become a nonprofit entity mm -hmm. is by basically the federal government granting you that privilege. Mm -hmm. And really the reason you get granted that privilege is that there is some inherent benefit in the mission that you're serving. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, it's healthcare, it's providing services, not only to the hospital, but to the community in general mm -hmm. and making sure that healthcare is a sustainable part of our community. And so that oversight really, number one, comes from the fact that we are granted a 501c3. Yeah. Um, and as such, we are required to complete what's called a Form 990. Mm -hmm. It's the nonprofit version of, you know, your <laughs> annual taxes. And since, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about taxes here later in the month, um, that's coming up quickly. Um, we're required to file that. And that is public knowledge. So mm -hmm. anybody can request a copy of your 990. Mm -hmm. um, the only caveat I always put um, next to that is that because we work on a calendar year, it's usually not until the following year that you get the financials from the previous mm -hmm. year. So sometimes that can be confusing to people. Yes. You know, if you're seeing an annual summary or an annual report mm -hmm. and looking at the 990 and wondering why are those different. Yeah. We'll just chalk <laughs> it up to the government. <laughs> we'll chalk it up to the process. But, yes. um, but that is public knowledge. So mm -hmm. sometimes yeah, people... So I can walk in and say, Marsha, I'd love to see the 990s. Absolutely. Can you print off a copy for me? Absolutely. And they always give you the date, mm -hmm. the time frame, yeah. so you know exactly what period that's mm -hmm. covering. No, I think that's fantastic. That's really great information to know. Um, so what kind of events do the, does the foundation have coming up that we can look forward to? Now that COVID is hopefully you yes. know becoming an endemic, not a Absolutely. pandemic anymore, we're all really excited to start seeing each other in person we are too and and we're slowly starting to to meet with our donors that maybe we haven't seen in a while mm -hmm. so one thing we just wrapped up one of our grateful patient programs so we recognized doctors for yeah. doctors day which was march 30th and that was an opportunity for donors in our community to spread words of kindness words of mm -hmm. gratitude um, for physicians so we're wrapping that up we'll be 
uh, re-engaging in May for nurses appreciation. So we'll be doing right around the corner. Similar, yeah, yeah, we'll be doing a similar recognition for mm -hmm. nurses. So keep that in mind. Um, we'll be celebrating the annual butterfly release May 21st. Mm -hmm. So that information is kind of starting to slowly yeah. leak out into the community. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then not too far after that is our golf tournament, which will be June 10th. Yes, and be sure to follow the Phelps Health uh, Facebook pages. We'll have all that information right. on there as well. Or you can visit phelpshealth.org. Um, the foundation actually has their own page on our website. Yes. So you're welcome to go and kind of find out that information there as well. You guys right. are very busy. Yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, so, Marsha, how can the community get involved in giving back? So there's so many opportunities, mm -hmm. whether it's through volunteering, whether it's for, you know, supporting an event or a fundraiser or even just being an advocate for us. And, you know, if you've had a good experience with, you know, the hospital or the foundation, mm -hmm. testimonials go a really long way. And I know Paige and I had talked about mm -hmm. this. We had received several after Doctor's Day that, yeah. that we're going to be sharing. I, things that I didn't mm -hmm. even know people we're going through uh, right now and sharing mm -hmm. those those words of gratitude um yeah there's just so many ways to get involved mm -hmm. if there's ever a question just give us a call yeah i know we had a couple of uh testimonials come through for doctor's day mm -hmm. and they were amazing and yeah. you know the hospital affects people of so many different age ranges absolutely so giving people an opportunity to recognize the people who took care of them absolutely i think is really really important yeah and like i said it is never about us mm -hmm. we are the conduit so yes. when that we're here to share your story yeah when mm -hmm. the community out there and they're sharing good things people that are providing those services need to hear that yes absolutely totally agree so you guys do also have a new location we let's talk moved. about that oh my it's gosh fun. it is so we're uh -huh. still getting settled but for the most part we are moved mm -hmm. in at 907 west 12th street and to kind of orient people that's just literally to the east of the yeah. hospital so and it is a residential house so mm -hmm. if you blink you might miss it thinking you're <laughs> looking for a an office or a, you know an office-y looking building mm -hmm. but we are in it's a white house and Mm -hmm. um, we're slowly introducing, you know, donors to our house. We're having events there. We're having meet and greets, meetings, and so mm -hmm. forth. So if anybody's ever interested in a tour, they can just give us a call. We'll be happy to, yes. to, to mm -hmm. meet them. And the only caveat to that is we are a small shop. And as you know, I'm here right now, so I'm not at the house. <laughs> so don't show so up for the next 30 don't minutes. Don't show up for the next 30 minutes. Let me get, you know, time to uh -huh. hurry over there. And I, I only say that because I, I, I would hate for somebody to mm -hmm. show up thinking, you know, yes. that we're staff yeah. there all the time because we're, we are out and about, mm -hmm. but we, we have open meetings yeah. all the time. So. No, I agree. And I definitely think um, just to kind of echo your point, it's worth calling and yes. setting up a little tour. Yeah. Our marketing department went over there and it was really awesome. Feels very cozy, Good. warm and inviting. Good. So I think it'll be a, a great space for the foundation moving forward. We're excited forward. about it. Awesome. Well, Marsha, thank you so much for being here today. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show and thank you so much for sharing about Five Wishes. Thank you. So today we have been speaking with Marsha Raina Wayman. Uh, Marsha Marsha Marsha, uh, <laughs> Director of Philanthropy at Phelps Health Foundation. For more information about Phelps Health Foundation, please call 458-7946 or email Marsha 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 at mwayman at phelpshealth.org. If you missed part of this show or would like to listen to it again, visit phelpshealth.org.